Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the DevPuck Podcast. My name is Nick, and as always, I'm joined by Ben, the most typical Maple Leafs hater slash lover, and Dylan, the very level-headed Oilers fan. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Bad. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, you're welcome for that intro, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think we should just go right into arguably one of the best teams in the league, possibly the best team in the league, the Oilers. Dylan? Yeah, they're cruising right now. Um, nine and one. I can't remember watching them ever play this well to start the season. Um, like, Connor and Leon are just on another level. Um, that goal. <laughs> so, recording this Sunday, November 7th, Friday night was the the goal, the Connor McDavid goal that everybody's been talking about. He's just literally going to do it again next game. I, I'm not even like I'm I'm shocked just by judging by his face. He was also very shocked. Anybody who's ever watched the clip, I mean, obviously you watched the clip before. He is so shocked that that puck goes into that. <laughs> One. And, He's. I've never seen him really celebrate that hard. Usually, no. he's, he's pretty mild mannered, and yeah, he's usually pretty reserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I find that this was a special one. Obviously, he took on four guys by himself and somehow got out of it. And then deked, uh, was it Shosturkin in it or with Gorgiev? No, it was Gorgiev. He got absolutely his as um, Patrick Waugh. Where he is? Jo- well, no, it's Jerry Moronic. Where is Jock straps in the stand? <laughs> <laughs> In the roof of the United Center, <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was an incredible goal, and I've actually seen multi different sports like Alfonso Davies, and um, I think it was Ocho Go, like it was Chad Johnson said something about it. Like, did anybody see this McDavid goal? Which <laughs> is rare because obviously most people don't really watch hockey because it's kind of a small, it's smaller market sport. Yeah. Like I'll be honest, the first couple times I saw it, I didn't think too much of it. Like yeah, hype hype wise, the same way it's talked about now. Mm-hmm. Because he does things like that every single game. It just doesn't it doesn't always work. Um, but yeah. I think the the moment too, like tying the game on a four one comeback with like five minutes left. I think it just elevates that that type of goal. Well, and that's that's probably why he celebrated so hard, not just going one on four, but also tying up the game after being down four one. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, just the Oilers just. Sorry, oh, sorry, I just want to say quickly. Um, you like Zach Hyman? I know we talked about him last week, but do you oh. like him? Like, is he is he fit the mesh of what the Oilers were looking for? He is that, exactly is as advertised. Like he. He uses his body so well. He plays with size. <clears throat> and he's fast. Yeah. Like I was surprised how fast he is. Um, yeah. Like he's, he's, he's slotted on the wing, usually with McDavid or on the second line. And he's usually always to start the power play, the net front guy. And for the last few years, that's been a rotation of like Chieson or Lucic <laughs> was there for a little while. Maroon was there. Um, None of them have the finish that Hyman has to like clean up those those greasy goals. 
So at this time, he's worth that five and a half million. Seven oh, years from now, I don't know, but for now, he's he's totally worth the totally worth the cost. Yeah, you guys are really rolling right now. Really, really, really rolling. I think it was uh, Dave Tippett said too <clears throat> that through the ten games, not one of those games they've played a complete game. So. What's really nice to see is that they're winning games despite maybe not playing as well as they could or having bad periods here and there. They're still finding ways to pull out the wins and uh, and close out games that maybe they didn't deserve to win, but beating teams that they should beat, which is something that, I mean, for the last 12 years, I don't think I've really seen. And having said that, that's scary that they're they're not playing to their full potential and yet they're still nine and one and they have games like the last one on Friday where they have a four or a four, one comeback and they win the game. Like they, Dave Tippett says they're not playing their best hockey, but yet they're still nine and one and arguably a top three team in the entire league. Yeah. So once That's, they get like <laughs> Mike Smith dialed in, then, uh, yeah, I was going to say, isn't Mike Smith coming back too soon? Well, he originally was supposed to come yeah, back. He should be ready Monday, I think. Yeah. Um, I sent and you guys this, uh, this tweet earlier um, from Tyson Berry when he said uh, the Oilers fell behind 4-1. He unskated by one of the Rangers and said something along the lines of, hold on, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, hold your horses here, people. And also he was Connor taking McDavid some... Um, Leon was taking some criticism, I think, before, because this week he had a couple three-point games, and he's taking some criticism because he, when you watch him play, he's kind of, he seems slow, and he almost seems like lazy sometimes. Um, but he's not. He's actually pretty fast. I think it's just the way that he skates makes him look like he's really slow. And so then to have that quote coupled with a couple of like multi-point games. It's like he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he's just, it's a facade. It's fine. He's just trying to spark some conversation here for us. Um, also, McDavid's quote in the press oh, conference yeah. after. <laughs> that is, one of the that's... most humble, oh legendary quotes <laughs> paid to score big goals. Yeah, I get paid to score big goals, and that's what I'm going to go do. That's what I'm going to do. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Incredible. I, I specifically like if I'm not watching the Leafs, I'll Oilers are playing. I'm gonna watch Connor McDavid play. That that's a guarantee. What about Zach Hyman? Maple Leafs. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I, I I like to watch the Oilers as well. Um, yeah, Connor McDavid's just a completely different animal than any hockey player I've ever watched in the past. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if he gets over 150 points this year. I wouldn't be surprised no. if both of them get over 120, 130 each. They're both on pace for like 160 yeah. something right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but that's if they keep on getting these multi-point games. Which they like, will. Yeah, they will, but it depends how many more they're going to get. You think that teams would learn after the first 10 games that you probably shouldn't take penalties against them? <laughs> Well, that's what worries me. Is come the playoffs when, yeah, 
when the mm-hmm. refing is more tight and they're not going to call these Lucy like 50-50 calls. Exactly. They don't even call the 50-50 calls now in the regular season. Yeah. What are they going to do in the playoffs? <laughs> that well, was the, the biggest complaint in the playoffs last year is that they weren't getting... McDavid wasn't getting the calls. McDavid, never, I think in the last playoffs, he didn't draw a penalty at all. Yeah, I don't think no. so. Which is highly unlikely, and that should always be a huge factor in playing against Connor McDavid. If you try to hold him back, like which we've seen before, he's going to pull right past you. But what I'm, I, I want to know is when the playoffs start, because like, obviously the, the league had meetings this past offseason. They want to crack down the cross-checking penalties, which they have done in the regular season so far, but how is that going to translate to the playoffs? Is it going to be like just as cracked down, or are they going to make it more loose in the playoffs? I guess we'll have to find out. I just I think that would be interesting to see that. Uh, I, think I think we're just all used to the whole, oh yeah, no penalties. Unless it's a clear penalty. No. Nah. Even if it's even then yeah, clear even penalty clear sometimes. Penalty matter, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, the Oilers. Damn Oilers. <laughs> I'm not gonna say they have an easy division because Well, they don't have a hard division. They're still I think, playing in the NHL, so Yeah, you're still playing in the NHL and like yeah, like the Pacific is Probably, I just looking at the standings right now. Like I know in the in the central and the west, like there's Chicago and Arizona, but then like St. Louis is doing well, Minnesota's doing well, Colorado will pick it up eventually. I know they're four, five, and one, but they they're gonna pick it up eventually. But I would say the Pacific is either the very worst division or the second worst division at at best. I just find that like the the Ducks, um, like are they? trying to be sellers or do they want to win do they not want to win they confused on their plan because like Gibson is really keeping that team alive nobody like everybody knew how good he was as a goaltender but we didn't obviously see him because the ducks were so bad for the last like three four years and now i think they have i'm not even sure what the record is but they're uh, five four and three that's not even bad They're but just above five hundred. So I mean, that's it, like if you put them in a in that in that West Division, they are maybe in the middle. They'd be in the middle. Well, they would be. Yeah, they'd be uh, fourth. Right, yeah, they'd be fourth right now. Yeah, so you have both Arizona and Chicago, which are just absolute <laughs> dumpster fires. Chicago or Arizona got their first win. Oh, I yeah. Against the yeah, crack. Did you, did you read the uh, Scott Wedgwood? Um, yeah, I saw that. Theory, or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they picked that, him up on waivers last year, won their first game, and then did the same thing this year. Yeah. It was in 2017-2018. First time. Oh, so four years ago. Five four years, years ago. ago. Wow. <laughs> I, I think the Oilers are obviously going to make the playoffs, which you've already said. A little too early for that, but... I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. The only way they don't make the playoffs is if like McDavid and Leon get hurt and for like a decent amount of time, like at least two months. Can you imagine the Leafs two months of the season without their two best players? I probably wouldn't even watch the game. Their games would be really boring and nobody would want to watch them. Yeah. Like Arizona and Chicago's tickets right now, freaking like $10. Holy... 
bottle of water was... costs more to crack in game than a ticket for Chicago. You could go to a Blackhawks game, I think, last week for like seven dollars. Yeah, like how do tickets go that low? Like, are they really that desperate? They're booing them right out of the building every time. They're just so accustomed to winning. They obviously have won, won three cups in six years. Granted, the first cup is kind of tainted now, but um, yeah, they're they're used to winning. See, like as a Leaf fan, I'm not used to winning, so I'm. Kind of just leave it all out there. Not since 67. (laughs) (laughs) I already know the date, so that's fine. I just just know the year because that was when my dad and my mom were born. Fair enough. Yeah, you're saying it's your parents' fault. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, my dad put a curse on your team. (laughs) Yeah, no, we can go right into the uh, Canucks now. Go ahead. Okay, if they had a better special teams, if they had better special teams numbers, I really think that those like, uh, like the last three or four or five games where they've all been one goal games, I really do think that they they'd have a better record because they just cannot score on the power play. It looks so bad. They're and it's not even just like one thing; it's everything. Their entry into the zone, they can't win faceoffs, even though. Uh, Horvat and Miller are the face-off guys. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on with their power play and their penalty kill is just as bad. Like, they've allowed two, two or more um, power play goals in the last. I think it was four games. Pretty sure. And like, you can't win games by giving up two or more power play goals. It's just ridiculous. And I think it's also we are dealing with some injuries at center. Like, we we are missing. Still, Mott and Sutter, they haven't even played a game this year, and those two are big penalty killers. And then, like, Dickinson was hurt for a bit, and then Dowling got hurt for a bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we have some reason for the penalty kill not being as good, but we have zero reason for the power play to not be as, as good as it can be. Like, you have Pedersen, who's got a lethal one-timer. He's just, he's in a another world. He's got no confidence. They gotta get him going. He's he, has, a goal. he has no confidence. He has no confidence. He can't do anything. He's trying to do way too much. And he even said, I think after um, the game that they played before the Rangers where they came back, he said, oh, I'm, I know I'm trying to do too much and I know that I'm forcing plays. I just need to simplify my game. And I'm like, hey, that's good that you know that, but you just need to actually apply it to your game. It's a little and... too late to find your game. Well, so I mean, like you're in the well, NHL. You've been in the NHL for three years. It's a little late to find your game. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you need I, to find confidence more than you need to find your game. Well, I also think that the problem with him is that he missed a bunch of games last year with his wrist injury, and then he missed over half of training camp because of the contract dispute. But then I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, but Hughes isn't playing like bad. Hughes is playing pretty good, but then also Hughes didn't have an injury last year, so I'm like, eh, like yeah. Could maybe be because of that wrist injury, and he's still trying to like get the feel for it, and he didn't have a lot of training camp time. But I'm like, it's what we eleven games into the season. He probably should have found his game by now, and he should have confidence now. Like, yes, he only has one goal, and I don't know how many total points he has. I think he's got to have at least four or five, a couple of assists. But yeah, he they need to they either need to find a way to get him more involved, or he needs to find a way to 
simplify his game even more than he already has apparently after his last comments. But I just think if go ahead, Dylan. I was just gonna say I think based on what you're saying, like I think a coaching change would would do a lot of wonders if uh, if it's systems based. Like if it's like the special teams obviously isn't working. So that's like that's on the coach and their system. And I think maybe if a new coach came in and could kind of instill some confidence in these good players who have proven a couple of years ago that they were good, especially when like Demko is playing so well right now. Uh, if I'm I'm telling you right now, if we didn't have Demko, we would not have a goal differential of three. It would probably be in double digits right now. He's kept us in yeah. every single one goal game. It has not when been he's anything. holding when he's holding the team to like or the opposition to like one or two goals every game, like every game, then you have a chance to win. Exactly. So and we have every single game since that Buffalo five, two game has been one goal games and it's all been because of him. And we all, we aren't winning games because we aren't scoring on the power play and we're giving up too many goals on the penalty kill. And I just think if we had better special teams, we wouldn't be as bad as we are. Like, I think we could easily be like with, San Jose and Anaheim at 13 points instead of like nine or even better, like just behind Calgary at like 15 or 16 points. Yeah, Calgary's rolling too. Yeah, Jesus. They're... I don't know. Like, is it, is it Brent Sutter? Like, I don't know what the. He's just like, hey guys, me, let's go play hockey. Yeah, like to me, their, their team <laughs> isn't. I don't know. Their team doesn't seem all that well built. Oh, it's almost not. I thought I, I thought that losing better than the Flames. To be honest, I thought the Flames losing Giordano to the expansion draft would have hurt him a lot for this season. Well, yeah. Um, that makes sense because he is your captain. You think that that would be a factor and a little bit of a you know emotional attachment to that player, especially since he's been the captain and been there for a really really long time. Maybe they um, just needed a fresh, like, maybe him moving kind of changes the vibe in the in the room and whatnot. Yeah, the Canucks New leadership. Canucks, yeah, I think Dylan's right with saying they might need a change in a coach. I wouldn't maybe be not, opposed. Maybe not the head coach. Yet. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be opposed to. It. I've seen a lot of analysts and like Canucks reporters say that maybe switching head coaches might not be a bad thing, but I've also seen a lot of people say that um, they would, that they should fire Benning before green. I'm like, well, uh, no, Benning, Benning yeah, isn't, Benning's not the problem. He yeah. Did. Like if you fire Benning now, you're not fixing anything on the ice. No, if they wanted to fire Benning, they should have done it after this last um, regular season. season. Yeah. They should have done it in the off season before making any moves. So then he could do what, um, he could do what, oh, who was the old uh, Oilers GM that screwed them in the offseason and then Shirelli? got fired? Yeah, Shirelli. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? <Do> he... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think about a lot of them. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think like the most, the most recent one. I couldn't remember his name, but yeah. Lowe and McTavish. And um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've seen a lot of reports say that they should fire Benning. I'm like, well, no, he's not the problem. It's the coaching staff that's the problem. I don't know if it's Green or if it's like the assistant coaches. I know the... Um, the new assistant coach that they brought in for the for the defensive side of hockey. I know he's not the problem. I don't remember. I was last name Shaw. I think it's Brad Shaw or Brian Shaw, something like that. But I think they need to 
uh, either switch coaches for like the assistants that work on power play and penalty kill, or they need to switch their head coaching. Because also I've seen a lot of people say fire green because he's doing a lot of lineup shifting, which is not helping the guys that are new to the team, like Dickinson and Garland and like put Coles in that it's not helping them build chemistry with this, with the same guys. And they just look really lost out there at times. Yeah. I think that second point you made with the changing of the lines, it's, yeah, it's different on every team because, I mean, the Leafs change the line. Like, keep changes the lines every single time. They'll change the lines throughout the game consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think at one point it was uh, Richie, Matthews, and Marner, and then he ended up on the fourth line, literally, I think, two shifts later. Well, yeah, and, like, he keeps on switching the top line as well. Like, like one game it'll be uh, Miller at center, Pedersen on the left, and then, like, Garland on the right. But then, like, halfway through the game it'll be the lotto line, and then Garland will go down to the third line because the second line's Pearson, Horvat, and uh, Hoaglander. I'm like, okay, why are you putting Garland in the third line when he's a top six guy? Like, it is, it's ridiculous in that change. Just because, like, they'll have, like, one or two shifts where they don't generate that much offense, but they'll still play really good defensively, but they just don't generate offense. I'm like, just stick with a line. Stick with your lines and then switch them after the game. Don't switch during the game unless you're getting the, like, the crap kicked out of you. Yeah, I was trying to be more PG, but okay. Um, (laughs) But, like, yeah, you're getting the crap kicked out of you and you need to generate some offense, then, yes, load up a line. Have, like, uh, Hughes, ekman Larson on D to load up the offense, and then you have, like, Horvat at center because he's your best two-way center and he can actually win face-offs, which a lot of the Canucks centers have not been doing well this year, especially Petters, and he sucks in the face after that. And then, like... Literally said, I think it was in the last episode. Didn't you say, don't put Pedersen at center? Yeah, don't put him at center. He's horrible. He cannot win a face-off to save his life, and JT Miller is almost turning into the exact same thing, because he I does the exact just same... Find, I just need to he, find another center. We just need Sutter to come back. He's. Uh, I still think if Sutter was our fourth-line center, then our penalty-killing problems would not be that bad. Because he's, like, he's also, like, a locker room guy. To like help PD with confidence, and then like help the younger guys like Hoglander and put goals in with their confidence with as well. Capitals. <laughs> I want a cup with the Capitals. How long ago was that? Four like, years. Yeah, really, that was like Jay Beagle last year. I signed a huge ticket. I am injured majority of the time. I'll well, definitely be in the room with you guys. He's still dealing with COVID symptoms. I think. Pretty sure that's what's going on. But yeah, I. Overall, I just think that the, if the Canucks had a better special teams, both power play and penalty kill, they would not be as low in the standings as they are now. They would ha- they would be winning some of those one-goal games. I'm not saying they'd win every one of the one-goal games, but they would win at least some of them. That's that's pretty much all it's I got to say. Just by luck. Yeah. Just, and they would, they would at least get a point in overtime if they get to OT. Like, they would have at least a couple more points than they have if they just got every game to overtime, so... Understandable. Okay. So I guess I talk about the Leafs. Oh, we're on a five-game <laughs> five winning better. streak. Man, they, they shot up to second. Second in the division. Warner um, has woken up. He had four points last night. <laughs> yeah. Goal and three assists. And, yeah, didn't, uh, didn't Matthews have two goals too? Yes. Mm. Both on the power play. 
I think I saw something that said the last 13 goals have all been from the big four. That's what you want to hear. You know, you're paying. I, I don't, I never like to bring up the money. I still don't like to bring up the money because everybody brings up the money. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, they're getting paid this, that. I'm like, no. I'm looking at the same things you are. <laughs> and especially now with the Morgan Riley extension, uh, eight years, 75 million. And that's, I found that when I saw that the one day, I saw that was the greatest. I, I thought it was, I was very happy. <laughs> one, because we got him for less than what he'd get on the open market, because um, he's a free agent. He was a free agent at the end of this year. Um, and he got the eighth year, which is very important to a lot of NHL players now to be uh, secure. It makes, I guess it makes them feel secure. Um, yeah, so five-game winning streak. They beat Boston yesterday 5-2. I didn't watch the game. I'm mad I didn't watch the game, but apparently it was the most complete game that they played so far. Um, I did watch the game against Tampa where they came back in the last minute and an overtime. I was that was probably the best game I've watched so far. <laughs> Even though, like, like because Vasilevsky is just a he's un, he's inhuman. Um, and I didn't want to say because I've heard on other podcasts like, oh, the Leafs. You know how many times are we going to get goalied? The term yeah. being goalied. How many times are we going to actually? Steve Dangle puts it doing circles because all they do is cycle the puck around the whole boards and then they pass up to the deep yeah. all the way around and then back down and all the way back around and don't get a shot on, on net. So it's not even a scoring chance. If you're getting goalied, I think often that's, that's a you problem. Not a, yeah. It's, not, it's also the quality of the shots that you're taking on. Yeah. Net, right. So like the quality of scoring chances are probably not as good if you're being goalied a lot. Um, I would say even in that Tampa Bay game, they didn't get the same, the best uh, shots on Vasilevsky. They just put a decent amount on him. I think they had 36 shots, I think, close to that by the end of the game. Um, it all turned around when Hedman gave the puck up and left. I think there was 40 seconds left in the game. And he tried to, he, all he had to do, he had a wide open Braden point in the slot just to fire it out. Instead, he tried to flick it out and kept in by Marner. Sorry, kept in by Matthews down to Marner to Tavares. And uh, I, I've never celebrated so much in a game against Tampa Bay. <laughs> what did you think um, of the uh, Sergachev headshot? That was oh, dirty. Yeah, the, that was very the, dirty. The headshot on Marner? It was, he, as John Tavares puts it, that is the hit that we were trying to take out of the game. I mean, he, he did get suspended two games for it, so at least he got some discipline. Yeah, I was going to say one or two. When I saw it, because he um, he he hasn't been suspended before, has he? I don't think so. Yeah, so I mean, two games is two games is suitable max. for for him. Yeah. Um, what I was gonna say is, uh, wouldn't have happened like that if Hedman didn't stop Marner from skating. I can almost he, he pulled them the entire time. Was, yeah, like I think if I'm trying to justify what Hedman's doing, he'd rather take the yeah, a holding penalty. Yeah, they'll take I'm the hooking. It wasn't a penalty shot. To be honest, yeah, like I think it should have been really shot stopping this guy from going forward, and he's behind him already. But, um, they didn't score on a two minute five on three. So I know they didn't score. Perhaps yeah. Hedman's, Hedman's reasoning was right. was justified. 
Justified, yeah. Um, he made two big mistakes in that game at the end. Not getting the puck out that led to Tavares' goal, and then he took the penalty in overtime on another breakaway from Tavares when he slashed him on the hands. <laughs> and led to the goal in overtime. Um, yeah, that... As long as those top four players, Mars, Matthews, Nylander, and Tavares, are all contributing somehow, not necessarily the power play. Yeah, the power play is our huge, is our most important um, piece that we have because that's when you're able to put every one of those guys out there, plus Morgan Riley. Or, in my opinion, I think they should start putting Rasmus Sandin out there because he is incredible. He's finally coming into. I think he's trying to get he's he's getting very comfortable in this league, and I really hope he stays up here with Lilligren too. And that's the 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 pairing that Keith is putting out there now. Um, they've kept Hall out of the lineup. Yeah, that kind of sucks. three games, three games. Um, in my opinion. I want Jake Muzzin out sometime. I want him to be. I don't know if he's hurt because he's really really not himself i guess if i try I, I try to watch jake muzzin as much as i can because he's, he's either really really good or he's really bad in that game in that tampa bay game he led to pat maroon yeah he just, had a stupid uh yeah if you watch the play but yeah if you if you watch the play he comes down the sidewall um and even in the intermission jeff o'neill showed um like the net he circled the net and how much net there was because Vasilevsky did not see it at the exact moment that Jake Muzzin had the puck. And he could have fired the shot on net and possibly got a possibly could have gone in. Instead, he takes it down to the red line, goal line, and tries to feather a pass to Wayne Simmons where there's two guys around him. The guy's on the ground blocking the puck on the ground. Obviously, he blocks it, goes back the other way. Busts his ass all the way back up, almost takes Jack Campbell out and concusses him, <laughs> and takes the net off. And Pat Maroon scores for his first and probably only goal of the season. Um, You're disrespecting so, the three times Stanley Cup champion, Patrick Maroon. <laughs> had him how, in fantasy. I dropped him. How, I dropped him. I dropped him literally the game before he played. How the goal. So, dare you? <laughs> I was not very happy with myself. Um, yeah, it's. I'm really happy that they're finally um, finally playing together and Keith has kind of got the lines in a, in a place that he wants them. Um, also today, Peter Morazic was... We were told that Peter Morazic will be out four weeks for because of a groin injury. And now I'm more scared because if Jack Campbell needs a break, which he will because he is standing on his head all the time. I think it's we're going to be a little... Hutchinson. Yeah, it's batch of, back to Hutchison. <laughs> I'm just going to shake my head and deal with the consequences of that, I guess, as a fan, which is very tough. I, they've been talking about it on the radio coming home from work every day, I think, this week, about what the Leafs are going to have to do now. Because if you want to re-sign Jack Campbell, he's probably looking at five-ish million. Admit. Admit. Yeah, and then... Um, you know, what do you do to kind of make room for that along with the other spaces you have to fill? So, you know, is Morazic a piece that's moved this off season? That was a question that they kind of threw out there. 
Like it's if a Campbell good point. can kind it's of run with point. the net season, do you really need Morazic? And you can kind of perhaps find somebody at a better better value. Yeah, we need to find another Curtis McElhaney where he's experienced. He's a ba- he's a genuine backup. Um, and comes into these games where you'd hope that he can just maybe steal you one or two victories a year or a couple, mm-hmm. and you know, keep the net contained before so Jack can have a break. That's all you really want. Um, yeah, Peter Morazic is a starter, or tries to be a starter if he if he's able to play more than five games a season. Which... I've seen some reports saying that you guys might want to move Justin Hall. Oh yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Yeah, happen. I was going to mention shopping, that too. They've been they've been shopping him, Dermot. Yeah, Dermot as well. And, uh, and Dermot has a no movement clause, I believe. Yeah, they signed that to your extension. Really? Um, on on uh, Caffer only says he doesn't have a term. Oh really? Yeah, I swear he, I swear he signed this year. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's, it's I'm looking at it right now. It says he doesn't have a. The uh, term next to his contract. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he signed. He resigned right before the expansion draft. Because we, we talked, and we talked about, about it. Because you guys were like, "Hey, Justin Hall, he's better." Well, that's what I mentioned. Like, it kind of sucks that Justin Hall's not playing well because, like, he's only being paid two million. So yeah. he's he's literally the most quality defense like defenseman that you can have for two million. Like, those are exactly the types of players that you you want. Are those? Those guys kind of playing above their pay grade, but Justin Hall has a minimum no a ten team no trade list, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's probably just be like no Chicago, no Arizona, no Boston, Boston. <laughs> um, with Justin Hall, I think I have a feeling he'll be worked back into the lineup very soon, and then I think it's just you got to ride the hot hand as of right now. Since they've won five in a row, you kind of just gotta keep gotta the stick with same deep yeah. Almost like superstitious, but um, I did see that one clip of I think he put Matthews offside against the Blackhawks, and Matthews yelled at him all the way down the bench. <laughs> I think that was the first time that um, I think Justin Hall's even really made a mistake. Right, like I, I think that's the only time I've ever seen him or somebody in his direction call him like- out on something. Yeah, like he does, he does, yeah, he doesn't make mistakes like that very often. And then with well, apparently he's a nice guy, which we all know most guys are nice guys. It's just we don't hear about it. Yeah. Well, not all of them, but yeah, not all of them, but <laughs> a lot of them are very nice guys. Not gonna, yeah, not not gonna say all of them. Yeah, I we'll see how it goes. Uh, the Leafs play the Kings tomorrow. Which will be another important game. Like you should win that game. The Kings are somewhat decent this year. They should be a team that you should beat. Are you playing? Are you guys playing in Toronto or in uh, LA? In Toronto. Oh, then you probably gonna win because uh, the Kings haven't won a game on the road yet. Oh, nice. They're oh, oh they're they're <laughs> like they're the it's night and day for home and away. They're five and two at home, and then they're oh three and one on on the road. So you you have a chance. They're on a four game winning streak though, so because they had a five or four game homestand. They beat the Blues. I watched that game. They beat the Blues. Um, yeah, we can hop right into uh, Jack Eichel 
saga that is now over. Finally got Jack. Oh yeah. <laughs> I believe that's like where we started. Like I believe we started with talking with like about Jack Eichel in our first podcast. Yeah. I believe. I, I I'm spitballing here. I can't really remember. I know it's been ten, but this is eleven. But I'm fairly certain we talked about Jack Eichel the first time. That that he was hurt. Yeah, well, uh, Ben, if you want to say what the trade is, I mean, I got it right here. If, if you want me, you to go right ahead. So, <clears throat> so Vegas gets obviously Jack Eichel, and then a twenty twenty three third round pick, and then Buffalo receives Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, a twenty twenty two conditional first round pick, and a twenty twenty three third rounder. So basically, they just swap third rounders, and then Jack Eichel for Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, and a twenty twenty two conditional first round pick. Now, I have the condition. The conditions to the pick is if the Golden Knights' first round pick in for this this coming draft is not in the top ten, then the Sabers get that selection and a Vegas second round pick the year after in twenty twenty three, and then the Buffalo third round pick in twenty twenty three that was in the original deal, and then if the Golden Knights' pick in twenty twenty two is in the top ten, the Sabers get Vegas's first round pick in 2023 and a second round pick in 2024 and then and then back a year yeah, yeah, yeah back a year. basically and then um, the and then Buffalo gets a third round pick in 2024 but that's if Golden Knights first round pick is in top 10 which I highly doubt it will be in the top 10 it says like the 2022 first round pick is top 10 protected as well yeah well, y- well yeah that's yeah. why I just. That's why I just said. Oh, you did. You did very good. Thank you. Thank you. I um, I, I wrote all that down when I was at work because I had nothing better to do. <laughs> I was watching. I was watching Steve Dangle's reaction to the trade, and and, and I had the entire thing. I'm like, I'm gonna write this down. Um, I don't know if you guys saw what Alex Tuck said about being a Buffalo Saber. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say what? it right now. A, this is this is fucked. God damn it. <laughs> someone put a gun to his head and said the one that the nice one. Like, oh, this is a dream come true or some some some. Yeah, like I that. saw that too. I'm like, someone put a gun to his head and made him say that. Oh, he like, he definitely said this is fucked, goddammit. Well, he is a he is from New York. So I mean it would yeah, make sense. Nobody that he wants, wants to, to play for the Sabres. No, I know. That's what I'm just saying, like, <laughs> part of me thinks like, yeah, he may he may be serious about like, oh, this is a dream come true playing Buffalo, but I'm thinking like I don't think he's I don't think he actually thinks he's playing for Buffalo. I think he just said the GM just was like, oh, yeah, you got traded to the state of New York, and they didn't tell him what team it was. <laughs> that would be so funny if that actually happened. The, like, fact that, the fact that their first overall pick last year just went back to play in, in college, university, that shows, you, shows you that nobody wants to play there right well, now. Even though they're they, not even that bad. They're what? They don't, five they, and, they're 5, 4, and 2. They clearly four, don't two. need their freaking first overall pick, apparently. Apparently not. Jesus, they're gonna. Um, I th- I think they're gonna f- they're gonna fall though soon. I don't think. Fallen. Well, yeah. Started what four? They four, st- they were they were second in the division behind Florida, and now they're fourth. And Detroit's also fallen from third because Toronto and Tampa have caught back up. And I think I think Boston will catch up to Buffalo as well. They're only two points behind. So yeah, I think Buffalo and Detroit will be five and five and six by like next mm-hmm. week. But but yeah, we can finally stop talking about when Jack Eichel is going to get traded and where he's going to get traded to and all of this crap. 
my favorite part is the people getting their jerseys already. They're like, oh, yeah, Jack Eichel. Yeah. And I'm like, he's not going to play till <laughs> after the Olympic break. Yeah, I, I saw some people be like, oh, is he going to play in the Olympics? I'm like, I oh. highly doubt it. I don't even think the Canadian, or is, he's Canadian, right? I'm, I'm not. Or is he American? He's American. Really? Oh, like, oh I'm seeing some. <laughs> never mind. But yeah, I'm seeing, a, I'm seeing people be like, oh, yeah, he's going to play for. Like Team USA, and he's gonna absolutely like kill us. I'm like, he's gonna be lucky to be skating during the Olympics. Like, he's probably not gonna play till maybe middle of March, in the beginning of April. Because his recovery is like, I think they said it was yeah three to four months, and and that's at a, a minimum of three months. So November, December, January, he would just start skating in February. Which and is that would be almost a year after, yeah, since he's played. Since he so, played, so, like, I don't even think Team USA would, would think about picking him. Well, it's almost the same thing as like if Kerry Price, which he is now out of the player assistance program, yeah, he's he Friday. returned, yeah, he re- didn't he return today? Uh, it said November 6th, but I believe he's not coming back to the team till Monday, so tomorrow, uh, okay, so tomorrow. Um, like if he didn't come back any earlier, then I don't think Team Canada would even think of putting him on like even closer, like inviting him to camp. No. To the to the selection camp. Because he's not fit enough yet. But we'll see what happens, you know, because Montreal's what, three and ten? One? <laughs> three yeah, uh, they're three and three and ten. Oh, they play fourteen games already. It blows my mind. <laughs> uh uh-huh. they've played thirteen. Oh, sorry. Well, that math doesn't make sense, but yeah, okay. <laughs> they played, they're 3 and 10. Oh, they're 3 10 and 1. Uh, I'm on NHL.com. It says they're 3 and 10. Okay. Um, I'm not, uh... Yeah, so yeah, they're shit. We know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, with Jack, I don't think he's going to play till after the Olympic break and probably not till like the mid of March. No. What's the point and of even, forcing him back? Even Patches is hurt too. And Stone's Stone, hurt. They said and Stone might not play this year. What? It's interesting. They're gonna. They're. I. Oh yeah. It's cause I remember talking to a couple other buddies that follow hockey, and they. And I said they're basically doing Tampa Bay. They're basically Tampa Bay 2.0. What they did with Kucherov. They're gonna have Stone not play the entire year, then have him play in the playoffs, and then be over the salary yeah. cap. Yeah, I, I was just on cap friendly, and it says they're LT, they're LTIRs. It's insane <laughs> what they have on LTIR. It's unbelievable. Pacioretty, Carlson, Eichel. Do you feel? I have do you to feel... do something next next summer or this coming summer to because like they're they're going to be like what twelve million dollars over the cap? Yeah, something like that. They're going to have to move somebody. They move. I, I heard. Riley, I heard Riley Smith. Ah, yeah, I maybe. also heard that Shea Theodore. Though. I heard Shea Theodore was involved in that. Uh, was going to be originally involved in that Vegas one. Yeah, well, we the also there was there was also reports that Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk was part of the deal for Calgary, and then apparently after the deal was done, and they the GM was like, "Oh, that's all that's all crap. That never was a thing." So yeah, I wonder that if was, that was a fake yeah. leak just to see if um, Vegas would improve their offer, and they did. Yeah, because apparently well, what I've heard is that it was one of Tuck or Krebs. Yeah. And then they got both. Like Vegas was only originally going to give one or the other. I feel bad for Krebs because, again, this is like the Nick Suzuki thing. 
maybe he'll blossom on a new team. Or the pressure is not really on you anymore to be. Well, the, well Ve- like Vegas's last four first round picks, they've traded three of them. Yeah. Like Suzuki, Krebs, and uh, Glass. Glass. Yeah, yeah. Glass. Yeah, like Jesus. I, w- I wouldn't want to be drafted by them. Oh. Just you're, one, t- one way to take it out, man. Well, same thing with Flurry. They just they just trade away their Vezina winning goalie. For nothing. They got a goaltending prospect and I think, what was it, a sixth or a seventh? Yeah, but now you look at that trade now and you're like, oh, this isn't actually as bad as you thought. <laughs> yeah, well, what I don't think Flurry when... would be that. That no, bad. I don't think so. I, still... I, I don't know like... if you guys watched the highlights of that uh, game against Detroit where they lost. Where they lost, like, what, six? Every five, one two. of those goals that he gave up were squeakers. He yeah, was, he... he. He would squeeze his leg and they come right through and they just. He, into did, that. he did not look happy after, like, oh. the fifth or sixth goal, something like that. I played Lankinen. So I played Lankinen, like, way more than Flurry right now. Oh, right, especially right now, based how Flurry like, played even, last Even game. if it gives you a remote better chance of winning a game, just put the kid in the net. <laughs> like, yeah, he won a Vesna. I know, like, I get it. But still, if you want to... I mean, your, your coach just got fired, but I, I mean... <laughs> I was just gonna say that's a good segue into <laughs> the into the, their coach getting fired. Yeah. So maybe the, maybe the new coach will play the, the kid more. The yeah, new coach just... is Derek King, which is just the assistant. Yeah, but maybe the maybe rest he... of the season he's gonna be the caretaking. Yeah, coach he. They the said the didn't didn't they didn't the GM or assistant GM say that they're not making a coaching change till the offseason? Yeah, because who's their general manager? I don't know the who the GM general manager. doesn't work there anymore. That, yeah, I was well, that's, say why, <laughs> that's why I said assistant GM. And I was like, wait, okay. I'm a GM anymore. Who's their assistant GM? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Yeah. yeah that, that team is just, a, as I said earlier, a dumpster fire. So. Yeah, it, it, the, it's not Buffalo anymore. It's freaking Chicago. I mean, most and people... Well, and, and Arizona, right, but they, we, they already knew. We already knew Arizona was a dumpster fire, but anyway. Most I think people... in Buffalo, it's, I don't want to get ahead of the team. I think it's starting to kind of change. Like, um, Kevin Adams, he moved out. Well, he's moved out Eichel now. Former first-round pick. He, he moved Ristolainen in the summer. Ryan. He moved Reinhardt in the summer. Like, he's... He obviously was like, okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> Skinner kind of ruined the whole thing. But, like... He recognized that the rebuild 1.0 or 2.0, whatever one it was. Okay, this one's not working. We gotta, you know, we gotta start over. And I think now he is with Cousins and um, Middlestad, and hopefully now Krebs. And then next year, I, I'm assuming we'll see Owen Power next year. Yeah. So, I, I think there's there's a bit of a better foundation there. Oh, and Darlene, Rasmus Darlene is there. Yeah, you got. In my opinion, I think you got two things to work on with Buffalo. You got goaltending, and you know a top. So I mean, I can't say a top centerman because you just got rid of your top centerman. But um, <laughs> they need to get a top guy, though. Top, they don't a top three player. They don't really have them. They don't have a top guy right now. Like it was Jack Eichel, and then they no, say they traded Reinhardt and we're still lined in. But they don't really have a top. Like guy that you can be like, hey, like go get me a goal or go make something happen. I'd say like Victor Olsson is. Yeah, like Victor Olsson maybe, but like even then he's kind of iffy. 
You need somebody to play with. Yeah. Jeff Skinner and Kyle Pozo, who's still Get, playing. They, those guys suck. Uh, I don't know. Goaltending is, in my opinion, one of the most important parts of a team that's going to go anywhere. Because you got, again, we're going to bring up the 750k goalies. And Tikarski and, and Craig Anderson. Tukarski. I know we brought about, again, we can talk about this in every single podcast. Like The Buffalo Sabres are... They're, they're they're at least something now because they're actually you know, doing half. I, I feel so like there's evidence that there is a bit of a plan there, whereas before it just seemed like draft top guy, plug him in. Like it reminded me of the Oilers from ten years ago, it where it's like it, draft guy high in the draft, plug him into the lineup, expect big changes. Like meanwhile, you're throwing the guy out into the ocean and expecting him to swim. Know how to swim. I think too, like maybe it's the development of them, but like I think a lot of these guys have come in hyped to a certain level and then they're not. It turns out they're not actually that good. Not that they're not that good, but they're not as good as what they were touted to be. Hmm. Right? Like, I don't know if, like, remember in 2015, it was Jack Eichel, Connor McDavid, and it was like, oh man, it's tight. Like, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that. That's thrown out the separation window, so. is yeah, like Jack Eichel is a good player, team. and he's a first line center, but he's not. I don't know if he's a franchise player. I think he's an elite first line player, but I don't know if he's in that same class of of like generational McDavid's talent. and Drysaddles and McKinnons and like those guys. But perhaps under a better system in Vegas, he can. He can turn into like a hundred and ten point guy or whatever. Well, like it's the same. It's the same for the next season, uh, the next draft too, right? It was it's Matthews and well, they're so close. They're not that close. Yeah, yeah. They're not close at all. Yes, I well, even Dolene. Like, is Dolene? He was like, touted as being the I next Lidstrom. Yeah, literally. And at this point, he's not. Oh, <laughs> but God. who knows? Like. I think he again might be the time where you have to get him to that other maybe move to a different team and again we'll see what happens throughout the rest of the season. I think Don Granado as the coach too has really vitalized that team as well. Well, well they're gonna they're, they're gonna have a pretty busy offseason, especially on defense and goaltending, because the all of their goalies that they have on Capitol right now, like Craig Anderson, Aaron Dell, and Dustin Tukarski, they're all UFAs at the end of the season. They have All, Aaron Dell. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't he playing? I don't. I well, it says he's on emergency loan, so he so he must have like just got signed or something. Just borrowing him for <laughs> Yeah, because well, and every single one of their defensemen besides Rasmus Dahlin is a UFA. Besides one other defenseman, he's a he's an RFA, and then I would say just under half of their forward group are either UFAs or RFAs. So they're gonna have a they're gonna have a busy offseason trying to figure out who they're gonna re-sign and who they're gonna sign. And yeah, they have a that's gonna good. Be an experienced GM by the end of they it. have they have three first round picks this next draft. They have their own, yeah. they have Florida's and now Vegas. So like the they're... only issues I think moving forward with that team is like the Ocposo and Skinner contracts. Yeah, like Skinner's contract still has six years at nine Skinner. million dollars. 
And then, like, like uh, Okposo, his is only two years left at six, so that's not horrible. But still, Skinner has six you more just buy years. Him out, man. Just buy out six Okposo. more years at nine million dollars. That's ridiculous. They still have Cody Hodgson on their buyout. <laughs> still, like it's only seven hundred ninety-one k for two more years, but still, like, how is Cody Hodgson still on the buyout history? How is Mike Richards still on the buyout of uh, the LA Kings? Stupid contract. Oh, that's a mystery. Yeah, that's a mystery. <laughs> um, yeah. We're we're not going to talk about the. Uh, I'm just going to segue into the Blackhawks here for a second. Um. I feel like everything that's gone on in the past week and a half has really been explained in other podcasts and on the news. Um, my condolences to Kyle Beach and everything he went through. Oh, I have um, so much. I give him, for him so much respect. Yeah, a for lot. Him coming of out and doing that. Um, and Rick Westhead for keeping us all in the loop and uh, doing his due diligence to solve what's going on in this uh, organization and trying to get the people that are responsible for one, not reporting um, this sexual assault and um, not being able to you know, he, Kyle Beach was never able to defend himself properly. I, I do want to just briefly talk about one thing. This, oh, sorry. This, uh, also, the... also trigger warning because I it, it might it, it could be uh, you know triggering for some people that listen to podcasts like this, especially on other ones. Um, that'd be kind of important just to put in here because if we do talk, go in a little bit deeper on this, then um, I don't want people to be offended by what we say. All right, go ahead, Nick. Oh, I was I was just gonna say. Um, seeing the interviews with like Taves and Kane about the whole thing, do you really think that they had no idea about it until they like the reports came out like three or four months ago, like when it actually was going to be a thing, or no. do you think they actually knew about it? I think they knew about it. I I when I read that, um, both Taves and Kane said that I'm like, really, really, you didn't know anything about it. I highly, highly doubt it. Yeah, that's. Tays kind of comes across as like a huge <laughs> kind of asshole, Bowman fan. Thing. Yeah, he yeah, he, he, yeah, he, really he said like, oh, I have nothing bad to say about Stan Bowman and the, all the assistant GMs and coaching staff at the time. Like, I never had any issues with them. Like, seriously. That's not what we're totally. talking about, like, though. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. I'm just like, seriously. Like, like yeah, Taves kind of came off as a bit of a as a bit of a dick when it came to like that whole topic. And like, he said, so, so he Patrick Kane. He basically, Taves basically said what he needed to say about the whole, about Kyle Beach. Like, oh, I have a lot of respect for him and blah, blah, blah. But then, like, when he started talking about, like, Stan Bowman and the coaching staff and the GM, assistant GMs at the time, I'm like, really? That's, that's what you're going to say about them? That you had no, like, bad thoughts about them when all you have is good thoughts? Like, seriously? It's not about Stan Bowman. It's about what he did wrong. Neither of and them. About- Sorry, I was just gonna say neither of them actually like apologized. Yeah. Neither of them were like, no. like, oh, I'm really sorry that like this happened. Like Taze, as your like, oh, as the freaking yeah, like, captain of the team, was never like, I'm sorry yeah. that like, like you didn't feel yeah, like you I'm sorry, like, me or Or I'm sorry, like I like I didn't do anything more. 
all you had to do was apologize. And yeah, but then... Even, but uh, even at that time, like, sorry, like with Stan Bowman, all he had to do was report this. Literally. Why did he need, in, in my head, I'm trying to think how he, why he decided to cover this up. Because, well... And the organization decided to cover it up. Well, because they're, they're, Stan Bowman's whole thing with, like, why they didn't report it right away was because they had just, like, got into Stanley Cup final. It's not a good enough excuse. I know, I'm saying, what I'm saying. He said that they didn't want a distraction to the players for the playoff, for, like, the Stanley Cup final. And I'm just like, seriously? Then he's like, oh, yeah, but we'll deal with it, like, right after the playoffs are done. And they didn't, they didn't. They yeah, they put, they put winning over everything else. Yeah, they and then yeah, when like when Kyle Beach, when Kyle Beach was told, was asked like oh like what did it like what was it like still seeing Aldrich around the team and like celebrating with the team when they won the cup and he was just like I felt so sick to my stomach and felt like I didn't matter and felt like like I didn't like no one cared about me I'm like e- yeah that's about how I would feel in that situation as well if, was, if I were in that yeah, situation that was the toughest interview I've ever watched. Oh yeah, it was almost too hard to watch. The impression that I get is like, like I read the whole (laughs) report. I don't know if you guys did read the whole report. One hundred and seven pages. Well, it's one hundred and seven pages, but like I would say a third of it is like references and appendixes and or appendices and whatnot. So it doesn't take that long to read it. Um, but it seems like with the management group, like with Bowman and, um. McDonough and the other guys it seemed like all of them were like they recognized that this was a problem but they're like well somebody else is going to handle it like oh it seems like they're going to take care of it or he's going to take care of it or he's going to take care of it like it just became like negligence Mm -hmm. like everybody else assumed it was somebody else's responsibility to take care of it instead of doing it themselves yeah it just kind of seemed like uh, like at the, at like the lower end, like the assistant GMs, they were just like, oh yeah, like Bowman will deal with it, or like the actual GM will deal with it. But then it was just like, oh, I'm actually not going to deal with it. It's like seriously, like come on. Terrible. And then I just, I just think last thing I'm going to say about it, then we can move on. But like I still just think like the, the whole like aftermath, like of like what made Kyle Beach want to bring this up like publicly. Was the fact that Stan Bowman, or not Stan Bowman, Aldrich sexually assaulted a 16 year old kid for the Notre Dame hockey team in 2016? So he was basically like, oh, well, this happened again. Now I'm going to talk about it. I'm like, it should not have taken another incident for it to be talked about. It should have been talked about right away. That's well, just. Also, also, what's forgotten about is the fact that he assaulted an intern yeah. during the Stanley Cup parade that, again, I don't think we even heard about. In the original, um, no, I think it's in the report. Um, I think it's brought up in the report as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. Uh, that Jenner and Block did. Um, yeah, like he assaulted three people in a matter of six years. Yeah, and none of the, none of them were reported, except for the last one where he went to jail. Mm-hmm. And but he only went to jail for like four months or something. I think. No, it's, it's yeah, a joke. It, was, it's, it was a huge joke. I just want to hit somebody, you know? Just want to his be name, like, what? It, it doesn't fix anything, but his name has oh, been literally X'd out of the Stanley Cup. I'm, very, yeah, like, I'm, I'm excited to see the Stanley Cup with that out. 
I want to see when I if I go to the Hockey Hall of Fame and if I go and see the actual cup that's there, right? Because there's there's a dummy cup, and then there's a real cup. If I see that cup and I see his name etched out on that, I am going to be the most excited person, just like everybody else, to see <laughs> something like that. Like there's a bunch of other names on there that probably should be. Oh, Stan Bowman's name should probably soon be. You got to think about it. That he covered up sexual assault. Because he wanted to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, like like you said, he chose winning over someone's Everything. like a livelihood. Just like, being a person, or, being a human. Yeah. Like just being comfortable around the team. Yeah. Interesting yeah. like <laughs> tidbit that connects to it is like the Akeem Aliu situation. Oh yes. Happened the exact same year in the same organization. Like, and there's still, like, I think Rick Westhead is still trying to find the reports for this. It's two years. They're still looking for reports about that, which they will never find because they couldn't even find Brad Aldridge's report. Yeah, they just happened to be missing. Hmm. Happened to be missing after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible job. Then you look at the, like, the NHL with Batman, and you look at the NHLPA with Fair or Fair. His job, he's on the hot seat now because the NHLPA did absolutely nothing to help Kyle Beach. And yeah, the players like, are because he, yeah, I, I believe he was he reported to uh, a therapist that the NHLPA gave to him. And Kyle Beach told the therapist that, you know, I'm worried that he might do this again and so on and so forth. The therapist told the NHLPA and they did nothing about it. Yeah, it's it's going right down the line now. Yeah, right to the bigger parts of the NHL, including the the head office of the NHL and the PA Association. Um, one positive thing that not came out of ahead. that, but a positive story that I heard was, um, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but Zidane Ochara was asked about it, and he said that <clears throat> when he came into Boston and he was named captain and whatnot. They basically instituted like no rookie hazing, so like yeah. no hazing of rookies is allowed. You don't. They don't even call them rookies. Like they're they're basically they're treated teammates. as adults, like everybody else. Yeah, and um, because I guess Chara had issues with like hazing and whatnot when he was younger, so he instituted that like leadership, and um, it's continued to trickle down where um, Patrice Bergeron was asked about what the Bruins did when they heard about the Kyle Beach situation. And I guess he said um, him and the coach, Bruce Cassidy, brought in the whole team and they watched the interview together as a team. Mm -hmm. And then they discussed it as a team. Oh. So, like, say what you will about the Bruins if you don't like the Bruins, but obviously the culture there is, um, it seems pretty good. Yeah. Like, I think Chara has instituted, like the effects of, of Char, even though he's not there anymore, are still within the organization and his, his leadership and whatnot. I'm just trying to think how you haze Zidane Ochoa. Yeah, like how do you... Do you hurt I, him? I, like he's 6'8". I, six, I don't, six, eight. I don't he, he was, that. Well, he, Again, he, I understand that that's a very good um, that's a very good story. And I feel like that's a great outcome for what um, transpired to be that whole situation. 
I mean, like, Chara, he was a rookie with the Islanders. So, like, maybe the, the like, 70s and 80s era of the Islanders, like, back when they were, like, these tough guys that just, like, beat the crap out of everyone. Maybe that was still lingering around when he was a rookie. And then when he when he went to Buffalo, or not Buffalo, went to Boston, he was like, okay, this is not how we're going to do it because I had a really bad time when I was a rookie. And it... Like, he was still a great player for the Islanders. and Could then, have been in Ottawa, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, he, got, he got traded to Ottawa pretty soon after his... Uh, I think he only played two seasons in the, for the Islanders. Well, maybe maybe that's why he only played two seasons for maybe. the Islanders. Maybe he secretly whole requested different, a whole trade. Whole thing here. Yeah. Oh, man. This this whole week, last week and a half, has been very tough to be a hockey fan. And yeah. Supporter of hockey, period. Um. Yeah, I got a couple more things. I guess we can do our segment. I just want to do that. <laughs> um, it's the Dead Puck Dumbass of the Week. Hey. <laughs> you are so proud of that name. Thanks. Um, I'll, I'll start. Um, mine is uh, PK Suban. PK Slewfoot Suban. Slewban. Slewban. You got fined $15,000 for slewfooting or tripping. This is the third time he's done it this year. He did it to Reeves. <laughs> and he, that was, and in pre-se- was it in preseason he did that to Reeves? Or was that the first game of the season? One of the first games I, of the season? Uh, I think it may have been the first game of the season. I'll have to double check that one. Um, yeah, he did it against Reeves. Reeves got hurt out of it. Mm-hmm. It felt awkwardly. He did it to another player. And he just did it to... Who was the last one against this guy? Uh... Either way, he tripped. He he sticks. Like, he'll go into a into the boards and he'll really stick his leg out. So he'll fall. He'll pull you backwards and stick your his leg out and pull you backwards and trip you. Fifteen thousand dollars is a good amount of money for the NHL to whatever. You gotta stop that. Like that's. You're a you're a spokesperson for you're being everybody's allowed to play hockey. I've seen the commercials. You need to grow the hell up and actually play normal. That, that Ryan play like Reeves an actual one. Hockey. The Ryan Reeves one was preseason. So yeah, I think he got he didn't get fined for that. But I think no. these these last three times that he did it accumulated to the fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, they you like the Ryan Reeves one. I could like when I first saw it, I thought it was kind of like 50 50. Like, yeah, it could have been an intentional slew foot or it could have just been how they skated into each other going for the puck in the, in the corner. And then the last like two or three, I've been like, okay, yeah, these are intentional. It is, it is clear as daylight how yeah. intentional it is. Are you trying to pull a Matt Cook and just take Gary Carlson's Achilles <laughs> out or what? Do yeah, you want really. to do it again? Yeah, he's, he's the dumbass for me. Dylan. Uh, I don't know if I really, uh, like, I think my story kind of, I'll, I'll use the Bruins story to kind of say, like, I guess Kane and Tays, like, um, to me, it just seems like there was, the impression I get is like, there was some kind of, there was a club in, in the Blackhawks, um, and like I just I don't know the fact that how many guys on the Blackhawks have have spoken, but nobody's actually said like I'm sorry. Like even Duncan Keith, he did a media thing and he was like, "Yeah, I didn't, 
you know, maybe I should have had an interview. Yada, it's like he he, refu- he refused to be interviewed. Yeah, yeah, and now it's like I don't know why doesn't it's like everybody has these like, well, I could have you know like selfish defenses or whatever instead of just saying like. So it's really like, yeah, I'm sorry I didn't do more. I'm sorry like you felt like you couldn't come to me and say this, blah blah blah. Yeah, but you have players on other teams, like random teams who aren't associated with this story who are like, Yeah, man, like that sucks. Like I'm really sorry he had to go through that. But it seems like nobody on the Blackhawks except for guys who weren't even a part of it, like who was it? Was it like Kirby Doc, I think? Yeah. Like I'm sorry. Yeah, like Kirby Doc was what, like ten years old? Yeah, so it's like, why? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Just (laughs) take responsibility. Yeah, take responsibility. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little odd how that all worked with the players that are on the Blackhawks basically not apologizing. And then everyone, basically everyone else that had nothing to do with it being like, oh, I'm so sorry for going through. Like, shouldn't the players that were, that are at least on the team or with the team at the time be apologizing for that? Seabrook. Come on. Hayes, Kane, Heath. Um, you can go as far as like Patrick Gable, Sharp, like Patrick Sharp, like a lot of these players that have all moved Hosa. on, like Osa. Um, there's so many players on that team. Like Nick Christopher Stieg, I guess if you want to say. Um, I know it's responsibility, but nobody's taking responsibility for anything. And yeah, that's yeah. why. That's why like, I, I don't have. <laughs> I don't have a specific funny example. I guess like. That's that's fine. It doesn't have to be like funny. with. Uh, oh, I'm um, Subban, but. I mean, it's not really funny for Subban because he's literally intentionally trying to hurt people. It seems like. I mean that that can well, turn into an injury. Yeah, where, like. Yeah. What already has turned into an injury when Reeves got hurt. Yeah. So. In preseason, like preseason, like what? Not even regular season. Like, come on. Well, my, I'm going to stick with my Canucks and I'm going to stick with either. I'm 50 50. I'm either going with um, our assistant coach that handles power play and penalty killing, or I'm going, to, or I'm going with Green for constantly switching the lines because it, it, it clearly. See, I was going to mention this, but I forgot what the actual stat was when I was talking with the Canucks earlier, but. Um, before this last game against Nashville, the Canucks hadn't give had haven't given up a five on five goal in like three or four games before the Nashville game when uh, Duchesne scored five on five. But every single goal prior to that, including Yossi's goal in the first period, have all been power play goals. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Fix your penalty kill. Fix your power play, and Green stop switching up the lines before, during, and after the game. You are a dumbass. You peasant. You knobs. Um, I was gonna mention the fact that both Rasmus Dahlin and Mike Hoffman both like they got an empty net scored on them. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin shot the puck. Oh yeah, and then <laughs> shot the puck. <laughs> And then yesterday, Mike Hoffman just broke his stick on the post and then collided with the boards after that. <laughs> All over. Yeah, like, the, oh, you guys are a bunch of losers. He hit the boards and fell straight on his ass. That was so funny. Oh, yeah. God. Those are, those are the plays that I'm thinking of that are just like amusing, but they're also dumb. It's not like, yeah, you lost the game. Big whoop. Big, 
you play again tomorrow or the next day, most likely. So, what? And then, can... Oh, Ben, you remember? I don't remember if it was, you were Dylan. Remember when you said that Scott Wedgwood came in and did the exact same thing in 2017 with uh, like them with them getting him off waivers from the Devils. They in 2017, the Coyotes also started the season 0 10 and one. <laughs> The exact same <laughs> record that they have this year, and then they life signed... is a simulation. Is that what you're exactly. saying? Illuminati. Much. Yeah. Well, well, there's. I'm just looking at a thing right now. It says 2017. Coyotes started the season 0 10 and one. Acquire Scott Wedgwood from New Jersey in Wedgwood's first game in Arizona. They win their first game of the season 2021. Coyotes started the season 0 10 and one. Acquire Scott Wedgwood from the Devils in Wedgwood's first game with Arizona. They win the first game of the season. Like that's just weird dun, as dun, hell. Dun. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. Um, and then and then there's another one. In twenty seventeen, the team that they beat was coached by Dave Haxtell. And then in twenty beat Seattle. <laughs> the the team's coached by Dave Haxtell. <laughs> That's so That's funny. incredible. Holy crap. Wow. It's actually unbelievable. That's hilarious. Um last thing I want to talk about is uh Miriam Gabrick retired. Oh yeah, that guy was literally a part of our childhood. <laughs> um, I don't think he he ended up. Yeah, he ended up playing over a thousand games. Um, he was a very good player, very quality, very quality player. I feel like thirty-five games. Player. <laughs> I feel like a I quality like player. Was, I feel like he was underrated in his like heyday. Yes, very underrated in his heyday. Drafted third um, overall though. In 2000. I mean, yeah, I mean, he did he start out like really good, or did he, or he take a little bit? I don't really remember. Um, judging by his first season here, it's he had played 71 games, he had 36 points. Next season, he had 67, uh, 65, 40, 66. So yeah, he was. He started pretty good. Average. He was average, basically 60 between 40 and 60 points a season, except for the one season where he got 86. In 76 games with the Rangers. Yeah. 40, 42 goals, 44 assists. <laughs> Jesus. Unbelievable. And then he obviously... He, he ended up when, when he won Cups as well. Yeah, he helped the Kings win the Cup. Second one. Yeah, the, the second one in... Or, yeah, the second one 14. in 2014, yeah. I mean, yeah you know, he had played. 14 goals in that playoff run. That's insane. Um, I know. Awesome player. Very quality player, as Dylan says. <laughs> um, it's kind of sad that he's gone, because, I mean, I thought he was gone. I mean, he hasn't played in the NHL since... Uh, 2018. 2018. So, I mean, he's and technically he been gone. Ottawa? What the hell? He got traded. They, him. they traded his uh, rights and stuff. Yeah, they, they traded showing him. up there for six games. <laughs> six, 16 games. 16 games. Four goals, three assists, seven points, minus seven. He also and had he a retired as a Tampa Bay three. Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> See, you got three teams that you retire as. You retire as a, a Lightning, King, King, Lightning and a or an Arizona Coyote. <laughs> that's that's the way it goes. We're gonna do dump contracts. That's where you go. Because I believe <laughs> he was with uh, Arizona Coyote. I think they had his rights there for a second, like everybody else's rights. Uh, yeah. It says he was traded from the Kings to the <laughs> Kings to the Senators for Dion Phaneuf. 
Oh, I remember a that. Yeah. Pieces there, and then uh, last December he was traded to the Lightning. Traded the pylon. Oh, very nice. As part of like a, a bigger thing. Vegas is beating is being beaten three one after two by after one sorry by Detroit Vegas. Yeah, go Detroit. Detroit's oh, yeah. looking those two Lucas Raymond and Marit Sider. Oh like, Jesus. <laughs> really good. Raymond has a goal. Yeah, he looks Stevie so Wise good. Building, uh, building something good there. He's building a, a new dynasty. I can definitely see that. Well, because they have their goalie. They have Nadelkovich. Yeah. And they have a good backup in Grace, at least for now. And, like, I still can't believe that they got Suter from the Blackhawks. I can't believe that. Yeah, Suter? Yeah, P.S. Suter. I, I remember seeing that. Uh, I don't remember. Did he get put on waivers, or did he just not get an option from the Blackhawks? I think he got an option. Yeah, I'm like, how do you not give this guy a, at least a offer? And then all of a sudden, I see Detroit pick him. I'm like, oh, that is just, that's such a Stevie Y pickup right there. Pick up you a know guy. What? Oh, <laughs> we can't really say anything about the Blackhawks now because again, we're just they're the shittiest franchise <laughs> over the last eleven years now. <laughs> Even though they won three cups. One of them was kind of tainted, though. One is tainted. Yeah, one's the tainted. The bigger they are, the harder they are. Ex- exactly. Yeah, they're that's gonna... all I have for things I have for this podcast. But they're going to be irrelevant. They're going to that Chicago's going to be irrelevant when Taves and Kane aren't there anymore. It's already irrelevant, and they still play. So. Yeah, I know they have like Doc and DeBrincat coming up, but like, yeah, they're not going to be. Feel bad as... for those players. I really do. I feel bad. For uh, whichever one of the young guys apologized to Kyle Beach, was it was it, it was Doc? Yeah, I was, I still, I'm like Jesus. Like you're the one guy on that team, beside like that. It should have been Taves and Kane, but it's you. Like who knows? Maybe they've made like private. Oh, I would. Uh, I would hope so. Private apologies. I would really it, hope so. Doesn't when your reputation like is being slammed like this, tainted. Maybe you, you make something public, but. Hmm. I don't know. I think in their eyes, they just don't. They don't think they really did anything wrong. Or it just seems like what we mentioned before with the management, where they were deflecting to like, oh, it's somebody else's responsibility. Like, yeah. That's like when you say um, it's not really their fault. It's more actually your fault that you didn't do anything. Now, yeah. By not doing anything and deflecting responsibility all over the organization, you made it worse by not doing anything. You might have felt a little bit better about it if you apologized for not being there for him, like Nick was saying. Um, at that time, even that, even that's good enough. If you say you're sorry, I mean, it's not going to repair anything damage-wise, but it's going to get it moving forward more than it has ever before. So it's it's an ongoing issue. Still, it'll always be an ongoing issue until. The whole case is closed, which it will never be. I guess we'll just keep waiting and seeing what more information comes out from Questhead. And uh, I think it's Haley Salvian does the also been doing it, or Katie Strang or somebody like that, um, along with TSN and somebody uh, like that. And Steve, like the Steve Dangle podcast and their network, uh, covering that as well by having Rick Westhead and. 
I guess on. I still see a lot of people saying that Batman should be fired for that whole ordeal, or at least the the head of the NHL PA should be should be fired, or at least questioned for like the whole handling of that situation. Like they're basically like in the like the players have said like, oh, well, maybe I've lost a little bit of respect and trust for the NHL PA just based off like the handling of that whole situation. Mm-hmm. I think they announced yesterday or today. I saw it on Instagram. I think that moving forward, there will be like a third party system for things like this where um, it won't be the NHL investigating themselves or the NHLPA investigating. It'll be like a yeah. third party yeah. doing these, these investigations. Yeah. That's like, that's a good point. Um, the fact that they were able like the Blackhawks were like, Oh yeah, we're doing an investigation into what's going on into their own like organization. I'm like, you guys are going to literally do nothing. You're gonna. I, mean, I was you're surprised. Gonna, you're, gonna burn, you're gonna burn things. You're gonna throw things yeah. out. You're gonna. You're gonna cover your ass. I was surprised when the Jenner and Block investigation came out. How public? Like you can go on and you can read the PDF. Yes. Like you can see the exact same. I'm assuming the exact same information that the Blackhawks owners received, and like the NHL received. Like you as a random person can see that. I'm surprised how transparent they were. I I mean, you kinda have to be like that nowadays. It it definitely needs to be transparent for especially not even just for the the organization and the PA and the people that are directly involved in it. I think it should be transparent for everybody to see because that's kind of important in today's age to be in the loop on issues and well, issues like this, yeah, which is like, but this like is... I wouldn't have been, I would have been disappointed, but I wouldn't have been surprised if the lawyers came out and they were like, "Yep, Stan Bowman is resigning, and um, we've concluded our investigation," and like that was it. Like none of the the stories were made public. I wouldn't have been surprised, but I was kind of impressed that the Black Hawk, like the Wirtz family the owners of the blackhawks were willing to to kind of put it all out there well it's good yeah kind of a somber i mean it's been a really tough week but a really somber way to end this one again i we didn't really want to talk go too in deep about this because it's been covered by yeah a whole week week and a half of craziness and well, covered by Sadness. other people who are yes. like can explain it better than us and are like yeah, we're... more qualified than us. <laughs> well, I mean, Ben, if you want yeah. to feel a little bit better, uh, so the last the Amy Beliefs have obviously won the last five games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the core, your top four guys, your the four that you have the most money in right now, they have combined for thirty-two points in the last five games. So Whoa. there you go. That's nice. Did you Which know is... that uh, I read this stat the other day when Morgan Riley signed his extension? Uh, those five players, Morgan Riley included, create 58.9% of all the money that's in the organization for the players. Yeah, that makes sense. That's uh, over. That's almost 60%. There's going to be really lots of league men deals yeah. next year. Well, we're going to be, uh, we're gonna be 750K team next year. We're gonna... You're going to be the... the... 
Buffalo Sabres in terms of their goaltending. That's why we have Pierre Engvall still in the lineup, because he's still there, and we can't have anybody else in the lineup for it. It also, it also says Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander have 100% of Toronto's last 14 goals. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. There's something to feel good about. Do you feel good about the team right now? I just think that everybody panicked right away really quick. Well, that's great that you... Steve Dangle really panicked right away really quick because he's like, it's game six, and then lost his mind. Well, that's great that you two feel good about your teams. (laughs) I don't feel good about my team. You feel good about your team until... The only good thing... thing about our team is our goaltending. That is... I mean, mean, Demko could play play without a blocker for the whole game and still... I mean, we didn't even talk about that. That was was incredible. That was unbelievable. Steve... Steve Dangle put it in his freaking, I think, what did he put it in his dangits? Like, I'm like, how was that a dangit? What are you talking about? Uh, I think it was just the fact that he was playing without a blocker. I'm like, or the fact I'm buying one of those shirts, though, the one that says, uh, you be a goaltender, 10 the goal. Yeah, 10 the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anti Randa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 10 the goal. He literally says it every single podcast or every single dangit video. It's hilarious. Fantastic. Um, I think that's where we're going to end it. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, if you don't uh, already listen to this podcast or follow this podcast, we're on Facebook at Dead Puck Podcast. Um, and uh, we're anywhere you can get a podcast. So Spotify, Apple, or wherever. Um, yeah. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.